you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about neo-Nazi Nick Fuentes. He ate dinner with Donald Trump recently, so I think we should talk about his history. Who is this guy? Mike Lindell's plan to take over the Republican Party. Herschel Walker's hilarious history of weird storytelling. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. This is Michael Flynn. If you're unfamiliar, he got himself in some legal hot water. He's being prosecuted by the U.S. government for a while. Flynn pleaded guilty to one felony count of willfully and knowingly making materially false statements and omissions to the FBI about conversations with the Russian ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Kislyak, in violation of 18 U.S.C. So basically what happened was... From my understanding, if I remember correctly, he basically Obama placed sanctions on Russia because they did something that they didn't like. I don't remember now. Maybe they attacked Ukraine back in 2014. And Flynn basically told Russia, don't react, don't do anything. When Trump gets into power, which is inevitable, we are going to lift those sanctions. He's basically negotiating on behalf of a future president, thus undermining a previous president. It was a big deal, a really big deal. Plus, he, from if I remember correctly, he was taking money from a foreign country in trade for something else. I don't even remember. I think it was Turkey that he was working with. Anyway, he got pardoned by Donald Trump, and he shouldn't have been, honestly. He's an absolutely terrible person, and he should not be walking around a free man. He shouldn't. But here we are. He's running a conference, a pro-Trump conference, of course, called Reawaken America, the Reawaken America tour. So I wanted to watch a couple of clips from him because I got a voicemail about him recently. Check this clip out. He's wearing a shirt that says General Flynn. He's wearing a shirt that with his own name on it. Does it get more conceited than that? Anyway, listen to this one. It's pretty recent. I'm seeing all these people with, you know, T-shirts that say Jesus is king or some people have crosses. I can see a bunch of people with crosses on their T-shirts. They fear, they fear us. They fear this make America great again. They fear that, they fear those that say America first. They and who is they in his mind? People like me. He thinks that I fear America first, make America great again, and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that because they're domestic terrorists. So, yeah, sure. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I do. I fear domestic terrorists. I don't know what he accomplished with that. Fear God Almighty. I don't fear God. I fear extremists who come in God's name. And, and when we make noise, we got to make that. That's, it comes from your spiritual gut. And we want people around this country to know that we are not giving up. We're not. God chose us. We chose God. This country is going to be just fine. But we have got to get involved. When Stella's up here, I mean, she is just sharing. Wow, dude. Yeah, that's Michael Flynn. He is completely disconnected from reality. Listen to the voicemail I got about that specific clip. Like I said, make note of the fact that he had his own name on his shirt. Check this out. Hey, Owen, this is Chris from Montana, a longtime fan. Love what you're doing. 
Uh, just wanted to respond real quick. I uh, saw your video recently about General Flynn wearing a shirt with his own name on it. Uh, the one thing it reminded me of was the 1960s Batman show. And they always had uh, the Stooges, the henchmen of the supervillain, always had their names on their shirts. And they did the same thing in the Spirit movie with Samuel Jackson. His henchmen had the, the uh, name on their shirts. So it seems to be like an evil stooge kind of trope. So just thought I'd toss that in there. Thanks a lot. Love your stuff. Bye. That's weird. I didn't even realize. That's pretty funny. An evil villain trope. I wonder if he's playing that up on purpose. Probably not, right? Because Flynn believes himself to be the good guy in most situations, I assume. I mean, no way of knowing for sure. Check this one out. This is Michael Flynn at the Reawaken America tour. Another one recently. Is this a spiritual awakening? You bet it is. I mean, there is a spiritual war and there is a political war. And they are going on. They're going on in this country right now. You know, God, God actually didn't choose America. God chose Israel. America chose God. God bless Okay, America chose God. They're about to play music, and I'm not going to let them play music because I don't, yeah. Look at this shirt this person has on. Jesus is my savior, I think it says. Trump is my president. Jesus Christ, dude. These people have deep problems. Deep, deep problems. Check this one out. This one is from uh, last year, I think. And, he's and they're talking about the United States of America talking about the United States of America, because when Matthew mentioned it in the Bible, he wasn't talking about the physical ground that he was on. He was talking about something in the distance. So if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one, one, one nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us together, working together. I don't God, dude, this guy wants a Christian nationalist state. That is obviously what he's shooting for. And that is deeply disturbing. He's also a leader in the QAnon movement. He is well known in the QAnon movement. That that makes him even more disturbing. The guy has problems, honestly. Uh, yes, this is from Central New York. Uh, I think I got cut off. But um, I'll make this quick. Um, just want to know what your thoughts were about Bobert or Borbear, whatever her name is. Bobear, yeah. Uh, having that office in Colorado, along with the unfortunate shooting of the uh, gay club that got hit, and her saying, oh, my thoughts and prayers go to the family, which I'm glad people called her BS. Um, but if you get this twice, you don't have to play twice, obviously. But again, I like your work. Please keep up whatever you're doing. It's It's great. I love it. Again. Have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate it. I actually talked about Bo Bear and the Colorado situation that happened at Club Q not too long ago. And sadly, she played herself up to be a victim. The thoughts and prayers stuff, I didn't hear that she said that. At least she said that her thoughts and prayers were going to be with the families who lost people at the club. Unlike many others in that situation, like, for example, Matt Walsh, who basically said... If you don't want this to continue to happen, then stop being gay in public. Stop being trans in public, and then it'll stop happening. That's straight-up terrorist thinking right there is what that is. And it's so, so disturbing. 
that this is the headspace that they're in. It just blows me away, honestly. Anyway, after Bo Bear came out and said the thoughts and prayers stuff, she turned herself into a victim and came out there. She said she was sick of being labeled as like the source of any of this, or she's sick of hearing that it's her fault that this kind of thing happens when it most definitely is. Although as far as I know, nobody told her that it was specifically her fault. Maybe after she came out with her stupid, useless thoughts and prayers, they did. It just blows me away that she could turn herself into the victim of any situation, just like Trump taking cues from Trump, right? Yo, what's up? This is Aaron from Louisiana. I've been a long-time viewer of yours. I have been wondering, uh, I'm a little concerned, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, uh, about the Supreme Court hearing, I think it's the South Carolina case of, of this independent state legislature theory, where basically if it gets approved by the Supreme Court, uh, we could see states just completely overturning federal elections uh if they don't like how they turned out uh so yeah i just want to get your thoughts on that and uh yeah have a good day hope you're having a good thanksgiving and uh i look forward to hearing your thoughts on this yeah i appreciate it this is actually a pretty relevant and consequential decision that the supreme court is about to make for this supreme court i always assume they're going to make the wrong decision so I'm going to assume that this is going to go the wrong way for democracy. That being said, there's a cultural value in the United States among many people, especially among non-MAGA extremists. Even in the Republican Party, if they're not MAGA people, there is a value and an appreciation for democracy. Just because it's possible to do it, I deeply doubt that it's going to be done. I deeply doubt any states are going to take advantage of it unless we're in a really, really messed up situation, like for one state, maybe. It is going backwards with progress. It's moving us backwards. That is true. But I don't think anybody is going to actually implement it or use that law or that you know, the precedent that the Supreme Court sets. Uh, not anytime soon, anyways, in my opinion. But you know what? We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. There was a lot of talk about net neutrality, you know, a few years ago, whenever that was, six years ago, maybe, that the internet was going to be capable of charging you for websites that you visit, like their cable packages. And that's true. That's what the net neutrality bill was trying to prevent. And they completely erased that. They opened the door for that to be a possibility, that they would charge you for websites like they were cable packages. They have the option of doing that right now. But if you notice, they never actually did it. Culturally, that would have been a killer for basically any ISP if they'd actually gone ahead and done something like that. There's little that we could have done to stop it, but we could have protested the hell out of that ISP. And in the same vein, I don't think that this is going to be a problem, at least not for the foreseeable future. So I wouldn't sweat it. It's concerning that we're moving backwards that way. I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, just keep chugging along, working your best, doing everything you can, because that's all you can do is your best. That's it. Do your best and don't worry about the rest. Hey, Owen, Scott Young, Brookfield, Illinois. 
I applaud all these student debtors who are not going to play their debts off. Okay, not like the people who own student debtors. He applauds the student debtors who are not going to pay their debts off. Okay, not like the people who own their debts are going to starve. They've got plenty of money. It's predatory. Okay, it's it's like you're paying uh, like that one song when he says uh, he just bought a new car and a property made off your jeans. Okay, you know, screw them. Don't pay it. Okay, that money that they owe is going to ruin their lives. Okay, if you try to pay, it, you'll never get out of debt. So I would just because it's predatory. Tough. Crap. Too bad. I'm all for him. I'm behind him 100%. That's an interesting point. I didn't hear that there were people out there who were basically protesting student loans by refusing to pay for them. You're absolutely right. These debt companies are not going to suffer. They're not going to go starving. But somebody who has to pay their student loans very well might. So 100% agree with you that, you know, they shouldn't have to pay this stuff. That being said, the system is set up in such a way that it will ruin somebody's life if they don't pay that debt. Your credit rating goes through the floor, and it takes 10, 15, 20 years to fully recover your credit rating after doing something like that, uh, you know, refusing to pay the debt. It, you'll never recover your credit rating, ever, until that debt is paid. And if you don't have a good credit rating, you won't be able to rent an apartment, you won't be able to buy a house, you won't be able to get a credit card or do absolutely anything at all ever for the rest of your life. So it's very, very crippling, trust me, to have low, bad credit. I have terrible credit, almost non-existent credit, but the little credit that I do have is bad because I was irresponsible with money when I was younger because I didn't have any. So, And I've just never bothered to try to fix it. Like, I don't really care that much because I don't need to, but many, many others do need to and are going to have a really hard time digging out of the hole. So if they can make it work for them, that's great. But a lot of people won't be able to because the system is built in such a way that it intentionally cripples anybody who is who doesn't pay their debts, basically, unfortunately. Hi, my name is Daniel Slack. I live in Maine, and I am a Christian, but I do love listening to your channel. Um, isn't it possible that the sins that Jesus died for was for the apostles and his followers not to be killed by the Romans because they were rounding up people that were threatening terrorism to, you know, bring down Rome and have Israel become its own leadership, I guess? Anyway, I was just wondering about that. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't really thought about it. It, it. Maybe Jesus was just trying to forgive the sins of his immediate circle and not everybody. I don't know. I think generally Christianity as an institution believes that Jesus was trying to forgive the sins of everybody, not just his immediate circle. As far as a literal reading of the text, I'm not sure if it would imply that or not. But something that Jehovah's Witnesses tend to get confused on is the difference between sin and crime. You don't want to confuse the two. They're very different. A sin is something that is basically like a moral failing in the eyes of the Bible. A crime is a legal failing where you have wronged somebody, for example. It's a problem that Jehovah's Witnesses confuse the two because they're trying to set up their own government. Jehovah's Witnesses are. And by mixing the two, by intertwining them, 
they basically punish people for little things that are irrelevant and inconsequential, and they don't report serious things to the authorities who should know about it, like uh, CSA um, and things like that. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more and look into what the Bible has to say about it. But I uh, appreciate the voicemail. Thank you guys so much. Next, we're going to talk about neo-Nazi Nick Fuentes. He ate dinner with Donald Trump recently, so I think we should talk about his history. Who is this guy? Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Nick Fuentes. If you're unfamiliar, he's a neo-Nazi. I, I don't use that term lightly, by the by. I know a lot of people call people Nazis all willy-nilly. I'm not. He's a white supremacist. He's a neo-Nazi. And he had dinner with Donald Trump recently. I wanted to talk about who he is, give a little bit of background on him, and look at some more recent clips from the guy because he has suddenly become very relevant. And uh, apparently, he's helping Kanye West, or Ye, I guess is what he's now known as. He's helping him run his 2024 campaign. Oh boy, things are going nuts right now. So let's give this clip a watch. This one is from late February 2022. It's from Nick Fuentes' conference that he runs. He's the leader of something called AFPAC, America First Political Action Committee. Uh, it's kind of like a super PAC a little bit, and they write policy, and it's a think tank, and they give that policy to, like, Republican politicians and stuff. So he held a conference in 2022, February, and he had some pretty high-up, well-known people there. So listen to what he had to say here, late February 2022, at his political action conference. <laughs> uh, by the by, if you don't remember, this is immediately immediately after the Ukraine war started. This is like a few days after Russia sent troops in to sabotage Ukrainian, you know, power and Ukrainian whatever. They sent that they sent saboteurs in to mess with Ukraine. They sent paratroopers into their air base to destroy stuff and all of that. And it was pretty obvious to everybody around at the time that Russia was the aggressor. And the bad guy in the situation. It was obvious to everyone. There was no question. But we had this little subset of political actors in the U.S. saying things like Nick Fuentes is about to say here. Days after. That's what we call the secret ingredient. America and the world has forgotten about them, but not us. You know, they say... You're talking about young white men and how important they are. About America, they say, diversity is our strength, you know. That's true. Actually, that is very true. That's one of the reasons America is so strong or has historically been so powerful was because of diversity. Diversity is our strength, you know. And I look at China and I look at Russia. Who Can we give a round of applause for Russia? Yes. They are cheering for Putin invading a sovereign country days afterward. How does he justify it to himself? How do these people justify it to themselves? 
This is nuts. Absolutely, absolutely. Cheering for Putin. You have got to be kidding me, right? Yeah, but I take a look around the world. I look at Russia. I look at China. You know, China, they're editing their babies to be smarter. No, they are not. That's completely made up. Around that time, there was a news story about a doctor in China who went to jail in China. Like, China sent the guy to jail for, like, who knows how long, for a very long time. Because he, I believe, tried to use CRISPR to change a baby's DNA, which is obviously deeply unethical. It's even deeply unethical by China's standards. And China has different standards for ethics than we do in the United States, especially the CCP. Like, you know, it's just they're all, we're all culturally different from each other. and We all have different ideas about different things. That's just how it is. They sent the dude to prison. Uh, For the record, that didn't actually work, apparently. Like, trying to edit the baby's DNA didn't do anything because we don't understand the technology well enough to even make it work in the first place, let alone make it do what we wanted it to do successfully. We will almost certainly, as a society, never be to the point where editing babies' DNA like that is acceptable. I hope we never get to that point. He seems to be, like listing it as a good thing i don't know like it's something to be proud of i don't what's going through the dude's head they're editing their babies to be smarter stronger faster russia they're invading countries they took out the whole ukrainian the whole ukrainian what i don't think they took out the whole ukrainian anything i'm pretty confident russia failed miserably good job on that one by the way in countries they took out the whole ukrainian but, but I rest easy at night knowing that America has diversity. <laughs> you should. Half the shit that we use in the modern world today was invented right here in America. And what's more, half of that was invented by, you guessed it, immigrants. Other countries would be sitting in the dark without us, without America. Other countries would have no idea how space-time works or any number of other things that stemmed from the understanding of the theory of relativity. Seriously, you have no idea how much stuff stemmed from the knowledge imparted onto humanity by immigrants in the United States. Diversity is our strength. Unfortunately, Nick Fuentes doesn't see it that way. He deeply to the bottom of his black little heart, wants a homogenous state. He wants an all-white ethno-state. He is pretty open about that. He wants a white Christian nationalist country and wants to either force everybody to be a Christian or remove them by force, one or the other. He said he said as much, and we're going to listen to some of that in a minute. That's who this guy is. Remember... He had dinner with Donald Trump recently. He's working for Kanye West on his 2024 campaign. So from my understanding, this is how the dinner came about. 
Kanye, I'm, I'm going to call him Kanye because that's what he's branded himself as for the past, you know, how many years, like 20 years or something like that. Everybody knows him as Kanye. I understand he changed his name to Ye, but I don't know that that really changes his branding. And I don't think anybody's really thrown a fit about using his correct name. Like if this is a, a fight that he really took on, then I would stand there next to him, you know, but this is his brand. This is who he is. So anyway, ask Donald Trump if he could have dinner with him. So Donald Trump arranges it and he goes to Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate or whatever, goes down there with him. And along with Kanye comes Nick Fuentes. Now, Donald Trump said there's another political operative that was there with him. Three people total, I think. And he said he knew the other political person from like a long time ago. I don't know who that was. I'm thinking maybe Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo was canceled by not just the left, but by the right also, because he expressed some questionable views about what should be legal regarding age of marriage and consent and things like that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So Donald Trump has dinner with Nick Fuentes, Kanye West, and uh, one or two other political operatives who are helping Kanye with his campaign. So Kanye shows up and tells Trump he intends to run for president in 2024. And Trump apparently loses his mind on Kanye, does not like that idea at all, starts yelling at him, starts talking shit about Kim Kardashian, Kanye's ex, Oh, man, apparently it got ugly. And uh, God, I just wish there were recordings of it because I would just eat that shit up. Anyway, uh, sadly, we won't be able to experience the sheer joy of watching Trump completely destroy this anti-Semitic dude, you know, right in front of his friends. But uh, who knows? Maybe somebody was recording in the room. It'll surface later. Anyways, yeah, Trump just completely loses his mind on Kanye, but apparently was a big fan of Nick Fuentes. That's why we got to talk about Fuentes in the first place. So let's look at a few more interesting little clips from Fuentes. Just a few days before the meeting with Trump, Nick Fuentes actually watched Donald Trump announce on TV his 2024 run for president. Check out what Nick Fuentes' reaction was to this, November 16th, 2022. Uh, that was horrible. That is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm reevaluating my support for Trump 2024 after that. Wow, Trump must have said something that really upset this guy, huh? You know what upset Nick Fuentes so much about Donald Trump's talk? The fact that he was too moderate. In Donald Trump's campaign announcement, he's trying to appeal to the middle ground, appeal to like independence and tell people he wanted to unite the, the country as if Donald Trump would even be capable of uniting the country. Even if he had a complete personality change tomorrow, which absolutely no chance of that dude's 70 something years old. He's not changing. But even if he did, he couldn't reunite the country. He couldn't. Nobody in their right mind would ever think that Trump could be capable of something like that. But that's what Trump was trying to do, and that is what upset Nick Fuentes so much. He wanted Trump to absolutely lose his mind and start screaming about how black people, blah, 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 and how white people are superior and all that other stuff. That's what Nick Fuentes was hoping for. That was bad. That was probably worst case scenario. Worse than I was anticipating. I wasn't sure because the last couple rallies were good, 
Uh, but this was awful. It's hard to imagine how it could have been worse from beginning to end and style and substance, the delivery, the content, the entire thing was an abject, absolute failure and a disaster and a total disappointment. Yeah, so he's not happy that Trump is not going harder, not getting more extreme is the bottom line. Uh, Apparently, when he went to the dinner with Donald Trump, he told him that he loves it when he goes off script. And allegedly, according to reports, Trump looked to Kanye at that time and said, I love this guy. He gets me. So look at a couple other clips from AFPAC. Check this one out. This is another reason why we need to talk about the guy. Again, this is his appearance at AFPAC. He's about to introduce somebody on stage. We have a new mystery speaker tonight who I'll be announcing to you right now. Very exciting. Please do. She is a standard bearer of Trumpism in the U.S. Congress. She is pro-life. She is proudly America first. And I want to say a very special thank you to Milo Yiannopoulos for making this happen. He made this happen. He Again, I suspect Milo Yiannopoulos was the other actor there with Trump and Kanye and Fuentes because Yiannopoulos is helping Kanye run his campaign, apparently. It's kind of hard to piece all of this together for sure because, there, you know, there's a lot of like, There's a lot of secrecy surrounding it, but I think Kanye has announced that, you know, he released a video with Yiannopoulos that he's running and Yiannopoulos is going to help him with all of his stuff. Milo Yiannopoulos is also, uh, if memory serves, an intern for Marjorie Taylor Greene, interestingly enough. Put it together. Whoops. That's Milo over there. He's throwing some stuff around. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks to him, we are honored, we are humbled and excited to welcome to the stage right now for our first speech, and we'd love to get to know her much better. I think this is going to be the beginning of something great. The representative from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. canceled americans god they are so persecuted right my god they're so mistreated these extremists who scream about jewish people controlling the world secretly behind the scenes so mistreated aren't they these people drive me absolutely up a wall Marjorie Taylor Greene went on to give a speech there. I have a couple of clips of like her speech, but she basically just talks about how much Jesus is great and how she loves him and all that other stuff, you know. And also white pants are so tacky, dude. Who wears white pants? Honestly, I'm sorry. I just I cannot with these white pants. So, yeah, that you needed another reason to not really be the biggest fan of Nick Fuentes and what he's doing. You needed another reason to not be a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene or Donald Trump. 
these people are all working together. They all know each other. They're all playing off of each other's strengths and weaknesses and everything else. It's ugly. It's not good. You know who else was at AFPAC that weekend uh, in February? Wendy Rogers, another congressman from Arizona. She's, I think she's a state senator. Yeah, yeah, Arizona State Senator is what she is. I'm not 100% sure if Paul Gosar was there or not at AFPAC that weekend in February, but he is another congressman from Arizona, and he's in this little group of people with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Wendy Rogers, and the others, so he's federal, though. So anyway, listen to what old Wendy Rogers here had to say about Nick Fuentes being so persecuted. Poor guy. I truly respect Nick because he's the most persecuted man in America. The most persecuted man in America, Nick Fuentes. Honestly, I'm surprised that he's even decided to work with these people. He's pretty open about the fact that he doesn't believe that women should be voting or be involved in the political process at all. I guess he's willing to work with anybody if it means they can get him further in his political ambitions or goals or whatever else. He's been deplatformed everywhere, debanked, put on no-fly lists. Well, try not being a terrorist, and those things won't happen to you. Nick Fuentes is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, 100% a, a terrorist. I don't use that word lightly either and attacked for simply saying things the media and the far left don't like. That women deserve to be burned at the stake? Not even joking about that one. I have a clip of it. We'll get there. That the military should be sent into, like, ghettos in the United States to just open up? Not joking about that one either. He said it. These are things the dude believes. Uh, I'm sorry. Those are just things the left doesn't like. He didn't deserve to be canceled, right? He didn't deserve to be put on a no-fly list for his participation in January 6th. Absolutely. That checks out. He had to create his own platform just to be able to speak. He had to create his own platform just to be able to speak. Does she think that she is entitled to everybody else's platform? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Standing up to the tyranny is our American way. It sets us apart from the losers who have given in to oppression around our world. We need more speech that people don't like. That's the point of the First Amendment. No, it's not. The point of the First Amendment is to allow people to speak on a street corner without being jailed by the government. It's not to encourage people to say things that nobody likes hearing. That is not the point of the First Amendment. Actually, you know, the, the, the first sentence in the First Amendment is Congress shall make no law establishing religion or regulating it or whatever other thing. I don't even remember now. It's actually the separation of church and state. But it goes on to detail freedom of speech and all of that stuff. It does not imply at any point that people have like a moral obligation to say things that piss other people off. What kind of a fantasy land does this woman live in? We are in this mess because we've watered down our speech. Did our founding fathers water down their speech? 
it was a different time. And at that time, they had different beliefs. The founding fathers were not neo-Nazis. That's what this woman is. That's what Nick Fuentes is. That's what all of these people are at this conference. They're neo-Nazis. Again, I don't use that term lightly. I don't throw that word around for any old person. These people are full-blown. I mean, Nick Fuentes not only denies the Holocaust, but believes that it should have happened because, you know, the Jewish cabal is controlling everything, pulling strings like puppet masters and all of that other stuff. Like you, you don't even uh, I some of the things that Nick Fuentes says and does and believes I can't even say because it's so egregious. And the dude's having dinner with Donald Trump and hanging out with him. Did Jesus or the apostles water down their speech? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Jesus 100 percent watered down his speech when speaking to Pharisees and other people who he knew were trying to put him in a trap or whatever. Oh, yeah, he did. He most definitely did. Just one simple example. People were trying to corner him and get him to admit that he believed that he was the son of man. So instead of coming out and saying that he was the son of man, he would kind of beat around the bush a little bit and ask leading questions to kind of bring him to the conclusion that he wanted them to come to. That Jesus and the apostles absolutely watered down their speech. If you don't think that, you haven't read the Bible. Speech? No! no. Capitulation is why we are being overrun by the LGTBQ movement. It's why our border is being overrun by illegals. And it's why babies are dying in the womb. Okay, just none of that. God, everything that she said is just ridiculous on so many levels. I don't even know where to go with that. So anyway, that's Wendy Rogers. She showed up at AFPAC too. If that doesn't draw a clear picture of the types of friends Nick Fuentes keeps and the types of ideas that he espouses... Check this one out, late June 2022. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a Jewish woman, didn't die last year, so that Amy Coney Barrett, a Catholic woman, could be appointed to the bench, we would still have Roe versus Wade. Now you tell me that this is a Judeo-Christian country. Now you tell me that this is a Judeo-Christian movement. You tell me that it doesn't matter that you have a lot of these Jewish people in government. See, this is what I find so fascinating about the guy and his thought process. What was the defining feature between Amy Coney Barrett and Ruth Bader Ginsburg? The defining feature was their political beliefs, not their religious beliefs. You have all kinds of Jewish people who disagree with abortion or pro-life or whatever. Look at Ben Shapiro. He is Jewish and also pro-life. Being Jewish and pro-life is kind of nonsensical, honestly, because the Old Testament or the, the Jewish holy books actually endorse abortion in certain situations. In fact, there's no scripture in the Bible that condemns abortion. They, I don't know how they've managed to turn this into a religious issue, but here we are. But what was the defining feature that he picked up on? It was their religion. He thinks just because one is Jewish rather than Christian, they shouldn't be involved in government, even though it was their political beliefs, not their religion, that led them to the conclusions that they were at eventually. Everything the guy says, does, and thinks about revolves around Jews. It all somehow routes back to Jews with him, even when it's completely unreasonable to reach those conclusions, he still gets himself there somehow. Doesn't matter 
that you have a lot of these Jewish people in government. Tell me that it doesn't matter after a decision like this. Tell me that with a straight face, that it doesn't matter that we had a court that had four Jewish people on it, and we had subtract one Jewish woman and increase one Catholic woman, and now Roe versus Wade is overturned and 100 million Americans will live in states with no abortion because of that change, because we had a Jewish woman and now we have a Catholic woman. Tell me religion doesn't matter. Tell me that this dispute between Judeo and Christian doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. It makes all the difference. You know, this is like him saying, we started with, I don't know, three or four people with brown hair, and then one brown-haired person went away, and now we have a blonde-haired person. Tell me hair color doesn't matter. It is the exact same thing. Seriously. One was Jewish, one was Catholic. Their religious beliefs had absolutely nothing to do with their decisions. Nothing. But... He wants to draw the line at religion. He wants people to believe that religion is what it all boils down to because he wants you to fear the Jewish community the same way that he does. This is why it's Christian nationalism. We need a government of Christians. We need a conservative movement, a nationalist movement led by Christians that obey the Bible and obey God and serve Jesus Christ. Only problem is that the political beliefs that Nick Fuentes and others espouse in the name of religion are not actually based in religion. Like I said, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Bible endorses abortion. It does not at any point condemn it. It is pretty explicit. If you think your wife cheated on you, take her to the priest. He will provide an abortion concoction, and that will induce an abortion if she did indeed cheat. That is just one example. Numbers 511, I think. One example of the Bible explicitly endorsing it and de describing the process to go about having an abortion. The beliefs that they hold are not based in religion at all. It's an entirely new belief system. It's not really built on Christianity anymore. It is built on, like, republicanism or Trumpism. And that is what they're trying to force people into at gunpoint. Uh, Nick Fuentes, at the very least. That's what he wants to do. He has said as much explicitly and openly. Christ, tell me why we need people in government that don't serve Jesus Christ. Is that the argument? Well, here, Nick, here's why we need Jewish people in government that don't serve Jesus Sorry, you're never going to win that argument. You're never going to convince me that we need people in government that don't serve Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You'll never convince me of that. I mean, people are welcome to be Christians if they so please, but trying to force everybody else out of government and replace them with Christian extremists, not just Christians, but Nick's very specific brand of Christian extremism, replace everybody in government with them? That's a totally different conversation. Insofar as there's one God, and he has one Son, and there is one way to salvation and one way to the truth, then that's the way that the people running our society and writing the laws need to be, and no other way. 
Okay, fantastic. When you prove that to me, then we can talk. Although the Constitution is pretty clear. You'd have to you'd have to abolish the Constitution entirely or reinterpret it in such a way that it, it's rendered completely meaningless. You would have to strip the meaning and intent away from it that the Founding Fathers put in in the first place. The Founding Fathers specifically wanted a secular government. That's why all that stuff is in there in the first place about separation of church and state. It's the first sentence in the first amendment of the Constitution. But that just you know flies right past his head, of course. So that's Nick Fuentes. Dude was having dinner with Donald Trump. Absolutely fantastic. But you know, I'm not too bent out of shape about it. It seems to me that Donald Trump is out of favor in the Republican Party at this point. People don't want him. They want nothing to do with him. He's a far-right extremist. And independents are disgusted by Donald Trump at this point. I think that's been made pretty clear over the past couple of elections. Donald Trump, in my opinion, has no shot at winning the presidency again. And everybody knows that, including Fox News and the other media organizations that are involved in promoting new presidents. And I honestly, I think Donald Trump knows that too. And I think Trump's plan is to rip the Republican Party in two if he doesn't get his way. And God, I hope it happens. I may eat my words in a couple of years when the presidential election rolls around. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride either way. Let me know what you think in the comments. Oh, and by the way, I'm not promoting my Twitter anymore. I'm done using Twitter for fun. I'll be posting on my community tab on my main channel if you want to hear the stupid things I think about every day. So don't bother following me on Twitter, but you can check out my comments or my community posts. Let me know what you think. Next, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell's plan to take over the Republican Party. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Mike Lindell, election denialist, has an idea. He wants to take over the Republican Party. And honestly, I don't think it's going to work. I, I don't think. It actually has a chance of working once you actually figure out what his full-blown plan is. So let's talk about it and see what the chances are that it's actually going to be successful. Deeply entertaining to watch either way, whether he succeeds or not. I'm going to be sitting here with popcorn. So check this clip out. Late November 2022. Here's the context for this video. If you don't know who Ronna McDaniel is, she is the head of the Republican National Committee. I think the RNC is the acronym for it. She is basically the leader of the Republican Party across the board in the entire country. And it's an elected position. Well, not officially. Not, it's not like an official elected position, like a federal or a state position, like a government job. It's just a, a private entity, a private party job that they have private elections and stuff. With that in mind, listen to what Mike Lindell has to say here. Guys, if you, if you support 
me running for against uh, Ronald McDaniel, please email me. Um, I'm not going to be able to email you back, but I want to hear. I want to read all this. I want the feedback. I want to know anything you see negative about it. Uh, one of the things I will tell you, um, you know, there was no, there will never ever stop to get rid of these machines and make this the best elections in world history in our country. Oh boy. So his plan basically is to run against Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC. And apparently he's taking it pretty seriously. But here's where it gets interesting. He's not the only one taking it seriously. As it turns out, there are a lot of reasonably big news networks and people out there that are really shitting on Ronna McDaniel right now. Keep listening to what Lindell had to say here about his plan. We, we need something, everybody, and I, and, uh, I would, uh, I'll... Dude, he sounds kind of drunk, right? Um, is it just me? I'll step into that if, uh, if God willing, and, uh... And, and look, uh, look, and since we, since I showed you, look, load more comments, boom. And I'm telling you, it, it's just, it's just nonstop coming in. I've never, in two years, I've never seen it like this. Yeah, the fans, for the fans, for the people. They desperately want Mike Lindell to run against Deronna McDaniel, apparently. I don't even know what he's looking at here. What is this? Where are these comments from? Frank's speech? Okay, yeah. I imagine that Mike Lindell's comment section is going to want Mike Lindell to run against him. That doesn't mean anything to me. But there are others out there who desperately want him to also, and they're not nobodies. Keep listening to this, though. There's more. Check out Mike Lindell talking about it again, late November 2022. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing my due diligence the last few days. I, you know, Steve, the, the RNC. This is Steve Bannon. It's is such a big institution and it's so important and it's, it's failed us. And I've talked to big donors now in the last three days. I've talked to many of the um, state leads and every one of them says we got to have a different leader, a different input to get a different output. I'm learning so much about it. And uh, like I do anything, I'm going to do my due diligence. And then I'm going to say, hey, where are the holes here? And can I be that right person to, to fill that lead? That lead? That's what she said. When you look at the RNC like a business and they have failed us. And, and you got to look, why have they failed? You got 2018, 2020. 2022 FFF, uh, the triple F, okay? Now, if you're... Okay, this is what I find fascinating. Yeah, two, 2018, Republicans failed miserably. That's true. You know why? Because Donald Trump was deeply unpopular in that moment, and Democrats came out to vote. They wanted to take the House and the Senate back, and that's what happened in 2018. Trump was in his first term, his only term now as we know, and he, and he had been in that position for two years. That's usually what happens. You know, Obama's first term as president, the midterm election, like two years after he was first elected, he lost a bunch of seats in Congress too. I, he, I think he lost like 60 seats or something. It went like 60-seat majority Republican at the time. So that's not unexpected in 2018. But Republicans lost. That's the bottom line. They lost the Senate and the House in 2018. And they lost the House and the Senate in 2020 also, in addition to 2018. This is the first win that Republicans have had in basically four years or six years or something. 2022, they took the House back, barely. And Democrats took the Senate. So he's absolutely correct. 
the RNC is failing somewhere along the line. But here's where it gets really interesting. The dude isn't getting the message. The message from the 2022 election was Trump is deeply unpopular. People hate the guy. They don't like him. They don't want anything to do with him or his endorsements. You're not going to win an election if you're a MAGA person. That was the bottom line. The thing that they should have learned from 2022. And until they learn that lesson, they're going to keep losing politically. They're going to keep losing. But Mike Lindell doesn't see it that way. He thinks MAGA is super, super popular incorrectly. And the solution is to infiltrate the RNC, take it over and turn it into Trump land. Great. Do it. I love it. They'll never win another election that way. That sounds fantastic to me. I would love it if he actually ousted Ronna McDaniel because he would turn the Republican Party into an even bigger clown show than it already is. And as we've learned over the past, as he said, six years, the MAGA movement is not popular with independents who ultimately is who decides who wins elections. They're going to lose perpetually if they try to take over the RNC. If the RNC tries to stick to Donald Trump, they're going to lose, in my opinion. They failed us. And, and you got to look, why have they failed? You got 2018, 2020, 2022. They failed because Trump is deeply unpopular among independents. FFF, uh, a triple F, okay? Now, if you're CEO of any other business, how do you get replaced? They, the, the RNC is a mess. You don't have the donors are upset. They want results. All the people I've talked to within the organization are upset because they're, some of them are quitting. Some of them are glad they're termed out. It needs to be fixed, and I believe that it can be fixed. And real fast. Yeah, please, please get in there and quote-unquote fix it for us. I'd love to see that attempted. So what's his plan when he gets in there and replaces Ronna McDaniel? Check this one out. Late November 2022, he explains his plan for us. Because that's just the way it should be. Anybody out there that won, any Republican that won uh, in this country, in this race, should should demand a new election themselves in, in other states too. I mean, Oh, dude, I am loving this. This is a fantastic platform. This this is great. I love everything about it. Absolutely. Infiltrate and do a hostile takeover on the Republican National Committee and then force every Republican who won a race to resign until a new election takes place. I love it. I love it to death. Fantastic. That's what we have to have. Paper ballots hand counted. What a he wants paper ballots hand counted. He would not have the power to enforce something like that, almost certainly, as the RNC chair. I mean, he could request it, and his voice would probably have some weight, but the people who would have to decide that would be the secretaries of state and the governors and people like that. That's who would have to decide that stuff. Here's another piece of the party platform I guess he would try to implement if he successfully took over the RNC. Check this one out. We have cyber evidence of a 37,000 vote flip on the Kerry Lake race on Thursday after the election. No, you don't. That does not exist. Completely fabricated. You know how he came to the conclusion that the Kerry Lake election was stolen? He's using something called the Edison Report, which is basically exit polling. So here's what he believes. He thinks exit polls are perfectly representative 
of how people voted. So let me explain the process. We've got a whole section of time, I think two weeks, where people have the choice to come in early and vote. You don't have to do it on voting day. There's early voting. And then there are also mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots are an option too. And then there's a tiny little slice of time in a single day that people have the option of going in and voting. And that small slice of time on voting day is when Edison Research shows up to polling locations, some of them, some polling locations, and asks some people, random subset of them walking out of the precincts, how did you vote? Why did you vote that way? You know, what, what's your ethnicity? And wh what was your thought process? And all of that other stuff. That's what the Edison Report does. Completely ignoring early votes and mail-in ballots, of course. They have no other option. So Mike Lindell's claim here. So a 37,000 vote flip on the Kerry Lake race. On so he's saying it doesn't make any sense that the exit polls were showing that Carrie Lake had 50-something percent of the vote, like 53%. But Hobbs, the actual winner of that race, came out of the race with like 52% or something like that total. It makes no sense. It doesn't add up. Yeah, obviously, exit polls are not representative of the total picture. You have to look at everything, including mail-in ballots and early votes. This is exactly why Mike Lindell specifically told his listeners that they should be voting in person on voting day rather than mail-in ballots or early voting or anything. Thursday after the election, we have all the Edison data that came in. in See, this is what he's talking about, Edison data. It's just exit polls. All the Edison data that came in in real time that came through on all the races, including uh, Fincham, Blake Masters, they all won. Okay. No, no, they didn't. I guess... You could say that maybe they won the total number of votes on voting day. That does not account for early voting or mail-in ballots by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I'm not even convinced that they won like voting day votes. Like none of he doesn't. He it's like he has no idea how this works, but he does. He knows exactly how this works. Which leads me to the conclusion that the guy must be lying. I don't know what other explanation there is. He knows how this works. He can't possibly believe his own nonsense here, right? If he knows how this works, he can't believe the BS he's spreading. All won, okay? They all won. This is like we were watching from every angle, Emerald Entry. You go up to Michigan, they've completely wiped out the state of Michigan, stole the legislatures, everything. Mm -hmm. These other races with uh, from Oz, Oz really won. There's all these different races, but but they were caught. So and and but Arizona. But they were caught. Who was caught? Who was caught doing what? Do you have any evidence for us? I mean, I've gone over his website. He claims to have evidence on his website of the 2020 fraud. It's all completely made up. Like there is no evidence there to speak of at all. Like I said, I've gone through it a little bit before. Fix 2020 first. Proof from internet sources, if you click here. Peter Navarro report. This is just somebody's opinion. This is an opinion piece. This is something they believe. Soros expand US. I don't know what that means. Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez is dead. He's been dead since 2013. What, what, how, what is his relevance here? Like, none of it makes any sense at all. 
Gustavo Delfino, shocking history of Dominion affidavit anomalies. Like it's all completely ridiculous. And like I said, I've gone through some of these clicked on them before and looked at what they had to say. Let's just see Hugo Chavez. Just click this one here. It's a PDF file. Sequoia Voting Systems Inc. uses vote counting software developed, owned, and licensed by foreign-owned Smartmatic, a company linked to the Venezuelan government of Hugo Chavez. And the sources that they list in here are websites like realclearpolitics.com. That's not trustworthy at all. Let's see. There were some other really crazy ones in here that I was looking at. Bradblog.com. Why is Bradblog.com a citation in this supposed paper? What is Bradblog.com? Why do I give a sh Like all of this just complete nonsense, dude. All of it. Investors.com is a source in this? What the hell is Investors.com? Look at this link. It... It's like the size of Texas. Like all of this is complete nonsense, dude. So anyway, yeah, none of it holds any water. The dude is completely full of it. He has been since day one is the point. This is the gateway to all of our, to expose everything, everybody. We have to, we have to get Arizona. They need to do a new election. Yeah, so that's the plan that he would want to implement if he got control of the RNC. And like I said, it would just be pure chaos, and I would be here for every second of it. Oh, my God, I would love it to death. But, you know, we've talked about Ronna McDaniel a little bit, so let's talk. Let's hear from her, see what she has to say. This is not related to her challenge to the RNC. Honestly, I don't think that she's going to lose her position as RNC chair. I, I seriously doubt it. But she is losing popularity, and not just among, like, the MAGA wing, but among other people, too. This is November 9th, 2022. It's just a standard video of Ronna McDaniel talking about how she feels about how the election went 2022. We won with Monica De La Cruz in Texas 15. We won with Wesley Hunt. We picked up two seats, and Abbott won against the third-time loser, Beto O'Rourke, despite all the money that he had. We beat Stacey Abrams. We retired Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DCCC. We beat Elaine Loria, who ran the January 6th committee. This is a good night for Republicans, and anybody saying otherwise is just wrong. No, it was a bad night for Republicans. Of course she would say it was a good night because her job depends on it being a good night. But, uh, you know, Lindell is correct. She lost, uh, Ronna McDaniel and the RNC in general, the Republican Party, lost three elections in a row. 2018, 2020, 2022, they lost pretty badly. Uh, they did retake the House in 2022, that's true, but just barely. And people are going to blame Ronna McDaniel. They are currently, right now, they're blaming her. Here's just one example of a high-profile person, Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, blaming Ronna McDaniel for the loss. Although, if I'm going to be honest, I think it was Donald Trump's fault that they lost. And Trump is absolutely obsessed with controlling the party himself, the Republican Party. He wants to be the Republican Party. Unfortunately, they're just going to keep losing as long as that's the case. So I, I don't really blame Ronna McDaniel. I blame Trump. But anyway, listen to Christy Nome talk about Ronna McDaniel and how she feels about her. Late November 2022. 
where do you see the future of the GOP going? Is, is, do you support Ronald McDaniel? Should someone else have that position? This is the lead spot mm -hmm. of, of running campaigns and raising money. How should the GOP move forward? Listen, Sean, we need to win. I mean, that's just the fact. Our, our kids' future depends on it. So, uh, you know, we really all have a responsibility to message what Republican policies bring to this country. And I don't know of, uh, a party that can continue to lose like we have and keep their jobs. Everybody needs to evaluate what we are doing and is it effective? And are we messaging truly that our policies work? Listen, we ran. They don't have policies. The Republican Party gave up on policy like a long time ago, years ago now, actually. The Republican Party is all about hating the left and loving Donald Trump. That, that, that's been their plan for at least four years or six years now. Say It's been six years that they've been doing that. And it hasn't worked for them. They've given up on policy entirely. And now they're trying to make people hate their enemies more than they hate themselves that that has been the ultimate goal so no your policies aren't working because you have none if you want to get back on track make ron DeSantis the head of the party rather than donald trump unfortunately donald trump isn't going to take that sitting down and he is most definitely going to tear the party in half and create a brand new party which by the way he's already named the patriot party is what he's going to call it trump will never win another election and the Republicans will never win another election either. This could actually be the best thing for democracy in the history of the United States. Listen, we ran against Joe Biden in this last election. Uh, I had a big win here in South Dakota, but I didn't just talk about how bad Joe Biden was. I talked about all the good things we did here in our state together. Too. Okay, well, why are you even talking about how bad Joe Biden is? What does that have to do with policy? She's trying to make a point about how, you know, going with policy and all this stuff. Great. What does Biden have to do with any of that? That's a personality contest thing. But she seems to be catching on here. She seems to be pointing out accurately that screaming about how evil your enemy is isn't actually working. You need to talk about policy a little bit, too. This personality test thing is not working for them. We've come to find. This is by no stretch of the imagination the first time Ronna McDaniel has been challenged, though. Back in November 2021, Ronna McDaniel used the official Republican account or the RNC account or GOP or whatever on Twitter to say it's a big tent and we celebrate our LGBT members or some other thing like that. I don't know. It was some super vanilla endorsement of their LGBT voters that they're trying to include in the party or whatever. It was so milquetoast and weak, but people lost their minds over it. The problem is that the Republican Party has never and will never tolerate diversity. It is a white supremacist Christian party. That's what it's all about. If you're not white and if you're not Christian, then you're not a Republican. That's the way that they view it. And as a result of her going out there and saying, thank you so much for voting for us, LGBT people, trying to expand the party a little bit intelligently, Tony Perkins, leader of far-right extremist think tank that has its own Southern Poverty Law Center like website, like its own article on their website. He's the leader of that. I think it's the Family Research Council is what it's called. He went out there and started talking about Ronna McDaniel, too, saying that she should be removed. There's a lot of RNC members 
uh, in leadership positions that are upset about this because they were not told. This was something that uh, uh, Rana did on her own. Uh, quite frankly, I think it's time for her to... Uh, to Something that she did on her own? You mean just thank her LGBT voters? Are you kidding me? This is something that you have to get clearance for from everybody else? It's time for her to uh, to take up something else and uh, leave the party to those who I think can chart a path forward, restore what has been lost, and make sure... Dude, what's been lost by accepting, by expanding the tent, making it a bigger party, and accepting LGBT members? This blows me away. But uh, you know what blows me away even more? The fact that LGBT people ever thought the Republican Party would accept them at any point in time, ever. How did they come to that bizarre, unhinged conclusion, really? Did you not know what you were signing up for when you became a Republican? Really? Lost and make sure that the Republicans, the conservatives, regain the majority both in Congress and continue to see victories and uh, gains in states across the nation. So uh, again, this was 2021. We saw how that worked out for them. So she needs to step down, is what you're saying. I think so. Yeah, I think she needs to step down. I oh. think uh, she, 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 she has uh, outlived her purpose at the RNC. Ouch. Yeah, that's rough. So Ronna McDaniel is not the most popular person alive right now. And she has a challenger. And that challenger is none other than our very own Mike Lindell. And oh, my God, I am here for this. I am here to see how this unfolds. And I will be eating popcorn the entire time. Let me know what you think in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Herschel Walker's hilarious history of weird storytelling. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Build Back Better. You probably want something written, like Lord of Land, stating all men are to be treated equal. Oh, we have the Constitution. So you probably want to put people in charge who's going to fight for the Constitution. Just thinking. No, you're not. <laughs> this is Herschel Walker, if you're unfamiliar. By the time you see this video, we will probably know if he's going to be the next senator of the United States. Really don't know who's going to win. It's in a runoff type of situation. But I wanted to take a look at some of his odd stories. And I wanted to take a look at his son. Because honestly, his son, Christian, is the bigger concern right now. Herschel Walker is close to power. If he isn't going to be a senator, he's going to be pretty damn close. Either way, his son, I feel, has a much better bead on what's popular in the Republican Party. So we're going to talk about both of them. But first, let's talk about Herschel. He has had this weird history of going out there and giving the strangest, most unhinged, bizarre stories. Like he's, he's standing up here telling us story time. And it's absolutely strange. Listen to what he had to say, mid-November 2022. I want to thank you for coming out. I want to tell you to keep the faith. 
Oh, you ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Sweet Night, or sometimes tonight. But it Okay, he's at a campaign event. He's trying to, like, convince people to vote for him, and he's talking about movies. About vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm telling you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I want to be a werewolf. So I'm watching my TV. Are these kids watching their TV? Are a vampire killed on their TV? He's getting meta up in this piece. So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching though. So did we in this country? Dude, why is he telling this story? I don't understand. What does this have to do with anything at all? This dude is so close to being a U.S. senator, even if he doesn't make it in. He is so close. This is entirely too close. Just to bring this actor. Now y'all gotta stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from that TV to get rid of this real life vampire in that ad. So if this actor comes to their home, he got all the right stuff. He got all the right stuff because you, know, you got to have a steak, you got to have a thing to, to kill him in the heart. And he got a necklace of garlic, so that worked. I don't know what it does, but it worked. You got to have a cross because it burned. I know that worked. They walked upstairs in this vampire looking real good in this black suit. Whoa, that sounds like Senator Warnock, doesn't it? Looking all good in this black suit, floating from the ceiling. Okay, I, he, is he now, like, complimenting his opponent? I don't understand. What does any of this have to do with his run for Senate or why anybody should care? This is just complete nonsense. Floating from the ceiling looking good and cool. And I'm thinking, whoa, they better get out of that house. If somebody float from your ceiling, get out of that house. That's, that's not your house. But as he floated from the ceiling, the kid jumped behind that hero. As they jumped behind that hero, the guy jumped in front of him with this holy word, threw it on the vampire's forehead. He covered his eye. And he took his hand away. He started laughing. And he said, that don't work. He took the cross and put it on the vampire's forehead. Okay, this guy obviously has CTE, right? Is it just me? Isn't that that, like, basically brain damage from playing football so much? This is sad. This is honestly sad. But the weird thing about it is the fact that this is not the first time that this guy told a weird story. He's been doing this for years. Makes no sense at all. He's been telling these stories since day one. Check this one out. This is from March 13th, 2022. I think that he was gearing up for his run or maybe he was running for Senate. I'm not even sure. But anyways, he goes to this church to spread his message about running for Senate. And he gets up there and starts preaching effectively. And he tells this story. Check this out. Well, it is sort of like this. I tell you, this was so funny. Yo, Satan is so funny. It's sort of like, you ever heard a story about this kid that had this bee in there? This bee is in the car with his, this little boy and his dad. This bee is in the car and the little boy says, Dad, there's a bee, there's a bee, there's a bee. Dad reaches up and grabs the bee and let the bee go free. And all of a sudden, the little kid's, dad, 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 there's a bee, there's a bee. And the dad says, hey, look at here. That bee only has one stinger. Okay, if you think you're missing context, you're not. You're not missing anything. This, the, he just walked right into this story with no explanation, no nothing. He just starts talking about a dad grabbing a bee in a car. The dad says, hey, look at here. That bee only has one stinger. And I've already taken that stinger from it. Mm. All that be doing now is making noise. Satan is only making noise right now. 
Because Jesus, God, has already taken the stinger from him. But what we got to do is continue to have the faith because God loves people that love him. Okay, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Like, nothing about this makes any sense at all. Like, beginning to end, this entire story is complete nonsense. He's been doing this for years, as it turns out. This one is only, like, I, this one is from 2022. This is not the first one by any stretch of the imagination. He's been doing it for years. But here's why I want to talk about it in the first place, okay? Herschel Walker is pretty close to having a Senate seat, and he may actually succeed in getting one, right? But his son, Christian Walker, is the real danger, in my opinion. He's the one we should really be concerned about when it comes to the Senate seats or, or when it comes to power in general because he seems to have his finger on the pulse of Gen Z or, or of the American public. He knows the types of culture war issues that gullible suckers fall for. Late November 2022, listen to what he had to say here. Uh, he's a famous tic-tacker. So y'all, I hate that it's come to this, but because of the high prices of Thanksgiving dinner due to Joe Biden and the Democrats, I do propose that we charge liberal family members. Okay, just hang on. Before we continue with it, I just want to point out high gas prices, high inflation has almost nothing to do with monetary policy in the United States. It is widely understood to be supply chain issues for inflation and things like that. There is no president in existence who could prevent inflation from taking place now there are some things that could be done to decrease or increase inflation but guess what the entire world is dealing with inflation right now it's not just the united states and you know what else the entire world's dealing with high gas prices too not just the U.S. This is just part of it. This is just how it works. Sometimes this happens, and we have to work our way through it, period. But once again, he has his finger on the pulse of gullible suckers. He knows what catches their attention. He knows what enrages them. So he's going to repeat this stuff as much as he possibly can prices of Thanksgiving dinner due to Joe Biden and the Democrats, I do propose that we charge liberal family members a 20% inflation tax at the door tomorrow. You're still family. Love you forever. You chose to vote for this so you can pay your tax up. The turkey is 20% up this year. The pumpkin pie ingredients were very expensive. Pay your tax or you can go home and you can eat your Thanksgiving meal with CNN on in the background. So, what he's doing is driving a wedge between everybody in America. He's making the polarization and the divisiveness worse intentionally when none of this stuff is really Joe Biden's fault. None of it boils down to monetary policy, like I said. But he's getting people revved up into a blood frenzy and ready to do something dramatic, like not allow their family members in to eat dinner with everybody else unless you give them money. Genius. Like I said, he's the real danger to, to democracy or to society in general, not, not just democracy necessarily. I, I don't know. Maybe he has espoused like anti-democracy conspiracy theories. I haven't really heard it, so I'm not focused in on his danger to democracy. I'm more focused in on the fact that he wants to tear the country in two and he knows exactly how to do it we should be more worried about christian walker 
than we are about his dad, Herschel Walker. Because Herschel Walker is obviously a piss poor bottom barrel candidate. Christian Walker is an up and coming Republican extremist. We heard your mouth for four years, 2016 through 2020, every Thanksgiving about how you hated Trump and you hated all this. You know what? You can vote for whoever you want, but if you're going to have inflation go through the roof because of your voting habits, you can pay a 20% tax. Whatever whatever you spend on groceries for this Thanksgiving dinner, you charge your family members 20% of that at the door tomorrow if they're liberal. They voted for this, they can pay that 20% up. Just absolutely terrible. Nobody voted for high inflation, and Joe Biden is not to blame for high inflation. It's absolutely ridiculous across the board. Before we continue, I just wanted to mention something. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. Or you can check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel. I go through long-form, unhinged sermons from all kinds of people, from Hank Koneman to Greg Locke to Jehovah's Witnesses. So give it a look. Links are in the description. Okay, now back to the video. Here's another example, mid-March 2022. He has his finger on the pulse of the American people, of the gullible public. I can barely afford to get my Starbucks in the morning! Bring America back! See, no, no, he can't barely afford his Starbucks in the morning. He can afford his Starbucks just fine. Always could. He's filthy rich. He doesn't have a problem buying Starbucks. He's appealing to gullible suckers. Here's another one, mid-December 2021. Y'all said Joe Biden was gonna be the great unifier? This is divisive to my bank account and my hard-earned money. Screw your unity. You think this is unifying? Just keeps going up, oh, just keep going up. Joe Biden, this is Joe Biden for you. No, it isn't. He's acting like the president has a big dial on his desk that he can turn to make gas prices go higher or lower. That's not how any of this works. It is not because of monetary policy or any of that stuff that gas prices are high. Gas prices are high worldwide. They were through the floor during COVID and they're through the roof after the pandemic. That's kind of how things work. But once again, he's got his finger on the pulse of gullible suckers knows how to rope them in with propaganda. And this is Joe Biden for you, family struggling to afford to get to work. That's unifying, that's bringing the nation together. Screw this, disgusting. Oh, just keep going, keep going. Democrats voted for this. Does he not realize that like he is the one that's like pumping the gas? Like he's the one that clicked it into place. So this isn't like Joe Biden literally sending it up. Second, he certainly realizes that everyone knows he's rich, right? He isn't suffering from any of this stuff. Democrats voted. What the? <laughs> wait, wait, what? I know this is a joke, but I was I was voting for the guy who was going to destroy America. You were paying thirty dollars for gas under my guy. He's so obnoxious, I can't stand it. It drives me absolutely insane. It's like I cringe watch his videos. It's terrible. Anyway, the point is he knows exactly how to rope gullible suckers in. And that should be even more concerning to us, that whole situation. But 
you know, just for fun, you know what? Let's watch a little more of Herschel Walker being a little bit of a fool at that one church thing that he did, that one church event. We watched a clip from it earlier. He actually went to this church to talk about Jesus and how much he loves him. It's kind of funny to listen to somebody like Herschel Walker fumble his way through nonsense like this. Check this out, uh, March 13th, 2022. First thing I want to say is we're all sinners. Amen. Yeah, I'm a sinner, and we all fall short of the glory of God. So we first got to admit that we are sinners, that we're not perfect, and we never will be perfect. But what you got to do is you got to always go after God's heart and know that Jesus lives within you and know that you are going to have problems, but you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward that life is okay. Okay, just kind of general, generic, inspirational garbage so far. Because as long as you keep the faith, and one of the things, it's hard to keep the faith when you don't see him. You know, you don't see him there, right. or you can't feel him. You don't hear him sometimes. But he's there. And let me tell you the reason he's, he's there, because you remember when, uh, when they said, let there be light. You know, there had to be light, so somebody had to store it. Let there be light, because something had to be created here. Come Oh, no. Herschel is trying to use his brain again, and it's not working out for him. So he says there's light, so somebody must have created it. That is his argument for the idea that there is a God. Okay. Here, come on. So when the light was created here, that means somebody up there had to say, let there be light that the earth started. No, that's not what it means. God, he doesn't understand, like, the very basics of anything, does he? Does he realize, like, how star creation works or anything at all? He, it's like there's nothing bouncing around between those ears. And then he had to put someone there on Earth. Because remember, Adam was there. Remember, Adam came there, then Eve came. So somebody had to start it out. Yeah, okay, so I guess he's assuming that Adam and Eve were real people. That's what he's building his premise off of. Okay, I guess if Adam and Eve were real verifiable people and they were really verifiably the very first people and nobody existed before them, I suppose that I could say, yeah, maybe somebody created them. Doesn't mean that it was Yahweh. Could have been aliens. Didn't knock that one around the old noggin, did ya? But, uh, okay. You know, I guess if you're basing it off of that premise, we could assume somebody created them. Except that's not a real premise. Adam and Eve were not real people. They weren't the first people. They never existed. Dude's about to be a senator, maybe. Come on. So that means it had to be a guy. Because it didn't just, uh, some bomb blew up and it started out. And then I, I tell you something else I heard. And I think about this, because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? No, no, it didn't. It says monkeys and humans have a common ancestor. Man is the fifth great ape. We are the fifth great ape. I've, That's when you go I, to the every, science. Every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what this one has nothing to do with the Bible. I don't give a shit about the Bible. What I care about is science and understanding things, objective truths. And we have objective information that we can examine to come to correct conclusions about things. Something that these people seem to want to reject. I just don't understand. How did Herschel come to these conclusions that he's laying down? I am nearly 100% sure 
that he didn't come up with this stuff himself. Somebody fed this to him, right? Did his grandmother tell him this when he was little? Somebody gave him this information. He didn't come up with these arguments. He just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think just knock down shot, man. Can't beat that one, right? Still apes. Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this dude here realizes how stupid that is, too. If you're wondering what the answer to that is, it would be like saying English and German both came from a common language, some Germanic thing, right? Why does German still exist if English exists? We can have both simultaneously. I feel like this is reasonably obvious if you have all of the facts in front of you and, un you know, understand everything completely. But I just like this is the oldest, most ridiculous argument against evolution that exists, in my opinion. It blows me away that anybody is still saying this. Seriously. Think about this. We have an evolution that is we've gotten so intelligent that if that is true, why are there still apes? And then the conception of a baby. Let me tell you, science can't do that. They still trying to do it. Come on. But wow. Okay. The conception of a baby. So he just gave us his knockdown arguments. First of all, there's light. And since there is light, there absolutely must be a God because there's light. Okay. I don't understand where you're coming from with that, but all right. And if we came from apes, then why are there still apes? That's number two. And number three is the conception of a baby. I'm sorry, man. I just don't understand at all. What if science does discover how to produce a baby without any human involvement? What if it does? Would you believe that there's no God then? What does that have to do with anything at all? I just don't understand. And his little hype man over here, it just keeps saying, come on, come on, encouraging him. Don't encourage this. They do that. They come still on. trying to do it, come on. but it can't because there had to be a God. I don't understand. I don't know what he's talking about. So when God came and said, now, let me create this, and God created the earth, and he put Adam and Eve there and stuff, and then this what was so funny. This is what makes it even better. Even in that little garden, he said, uh, from this place, you got all the freedom, just like you got it in the United States. You got all the freedom. Do whatever you want to do. But then he said, nah, don't mess with that tree over there, because you mess with that tree, you will surely die. So he had rules and regulations, just like we got in the United States of America. Okay, is he implying that God created the concept of rules and regulations? Why did they even need to have rules and regulations? Like, supposedly, they say God wrote on our hearts that murder is evil, right? Why didn't God just write on our hearts, eating from a tree that looks like this is evil or something? Why didn't he do that? Why put, why, all right. Why put him in the middle of a garden that had an evil tree anyways? Why didn't he place Adam and Eve in America far away from this tree and build like a, a huge concrete sarcophagus around this tree? Why was the tree there in the first place? Couldn't he just erase the tree's existence just like that? I don't understand. This whole story makes absolutely no sense at all. And when they did eat from the tree, why didn't he quarantine them? Put them in a corner, give Adam a vasectomy, and tell him not to touch anything or anybody. And then create a new breeding pair. Why not do that? Like, none of this story makes any sense.
But it makes sense in Herschel's mind and apparently in the minds of his listeners. And this guy is this close to being a U.S. senator, one of a hundred in the United States that are capable of making massive, life-changing decisions for 330 million people. It, it just blows me away that he is that close to power. And it disturbs me that his son seems to have such a strong intuition for what gets Republican voters riled up into a blood frenzy. We should be keeping an eye on this kid because I honestly have a really strong feeling that he is eventually going to make an entrance into U.S. politics. Let me know what you think about that in the comments. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's Seminar Series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV Show, and Televangelists Prophesying About Politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening